Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest podcast on For Women. Um, today, we've got an exciting new guest on the podcast, which I am delighted to introduce you to. We have Atlantic Rain. So welcome, Atlantic Rain. Thank you for joining us. You are welcome. <laughs> um, I want to start by, well, I'll start by just explaining how I know you. Um, I, I don't actually know how I first came about you, but it was definitely on Instagram, which um, I love Instagram. I find, I find the most amazing people through it. <laughs> and I was really taken by the things that you shared around um, women specifically, women's health, women's bodies, women's spirituality. And I have been following you, I think for a while, I think it's probably over a year at least, and just love everything you say. So I was very delighted when you um, mentioned to me that you would happily come on the podcast. So (laughs) welcome to being here. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit more about you from your words? Okay, so yeah, as Ariet said, my name is Atlantic Rain, and I am a mother of four beautiful children, three boys and a little girl. Um, I'm a wife. Um, I also describe myself as being a written communicator. Get my words out. A written communicator. Um, those other people may probably see me as being more of a writer Um, and a writer is something that I'm trying to own right now Um, I'm the owner of the pampered pussy um, (laughs) where I explore supporting women around and building positive relationships with their vaginas Um, I'm also a herbalist in training I work with lots of herbs I'm centered around um, yoni steaming and stuff which we will touch on Um, so I'm learning more about herbs on a deeper level so I'm training in herbalism Um, and I love exploring and discussing areas such as sacred intimacy and again mm. going back to our yonis as well um so yeah that is me Atlantic great <laughs> thank <laughs> you so there's like loads of good stuff here for us to dive into um but before we go like straight into what you offer and things that I've definitely found interesting about what you share with being a writer that you are um what um tell us a bit about like what led you here or have you always been on this path of supporting women okay um so no not necessarily been always been on this path you know I've always been that friend what I'm going to do to start off with as well I'm going to apologize for any background noise I've got an eight month old in the background who is very um, so if you hear me wiggling and stuff it's because of that um <laughs> no but, need to apologize <laughs> um but yeah so um I did doula training, I think it was probably approximately 2016. Um, You know, I just, how old was my youngest one then? He was probably about six. Um, I woke up one morning and thought, you know what, I really desperately want to work with women. Um, I wanted to connect with women on a deeper level and um, not necessarily be a midwife but more of a more um which is obviously focusing more on like the medical side of things um in terms of birth but just how can I offer more of a supportive role um so yeah with that I just delved into um doula work um do you want to just explain what what a doula is for anyone that's not sure So a doula is, um, can be described as many things. I would say the most simplest form of um, describing a doula is a birth worker um, who supports women with um, birthing their babies. Um, They are with women, can be at the start of their journey, could be halfway or at the end of their journey in terms of like delivering baby. Um, But the idea is that you just support women to feel comfortable um, with who they are. You share knowledge with them um, in terms of like their rights um, around the world of birth, because it is a very political space, um, birth is. And you're just there just to be there with women, just to hold space for them. 
and just to be that person that they can go to if they want that shoulder to lean on, whether again in the world in the birthing arena or before birth, if there are any questions that they want to ask and stuff. Um, sort of like a mentor. Mm. I'll describe a doula as being but yeah the ultimate I'd say the ultimate goal of the doula is just to hold space for the woman in whichever way a woman wants that space to be held for in that moment and not just the woman you know the the husband partner family um they are there for everyone um within that woman's circle and yeah to make sure baby is delivered safely so that was the beginning of your venture into working with women yeah um so, yeah, I did my doula training back in 2016. Um, decided that I was not brave enough to jump feet first or head first, maybe, <laughs> um, into the world of doula in um, due to financial commitments because at that time um, I'm still um, working full-time where I support young people and young adults. Um, so, yeah, I just thought to myself, you know what, I really want to work with women. So how else can I do it as well as keep my nine to five job and my current salary and stuff? So then yeah. I started to explore areas around yoni steaming. Um, and then I've just veered off in many different directions from since then. I would definitely say that yoni steaming is probably one of my biggest, biggest passions. Um, but, yeah, anything that's centred around women's wellness, that's where you will find me. Mm. well let's go into pampered pussy then what what is a yoni steamer oh listen to her oh, i wish we were doing a video call so people could see just how gorgeous she is she's a love she's lovely she's a good one um but yeah sorry what was that so um let's talk about yoni steaming and your pampered yes. pussy what's that all about what's a yoni steam right so yoni steaming what is yoni steaming um so I suppose in terms of my first introduction to yoni steaming, it probably would have been as a child. Um, so in terms of like bathing and vaginal care, like my mum would always say to us, you know, you put water in the bucket and you bathe your face first and then you work your way down your body. But whenever we come to the vagina area, she would always say, right, you sit over the bowl or the bucket or whatever the water was being held in and you just sit there for a bit. And obviously the water oh, wasn't really... And that was as a child, say probably from around the age of three or four. Um, so yeah, so then we'd sit over it and we'd, you know, steam. That's what it was at the time. And then we'd bathe, and then you know, as I said, we'd um, clean and cleanse the rest of our bodies, sort of thing. So when um, I started looking into yoni steaming, that's where it brought me back to. I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this from when I was a child. Um, so yeah, yoni steaming known all over the world, literally globally, um, which is um, a practice that is done. Um, some people do it after women have had babies. Some people do it um, after their periods or just before their periods. Um, everyone does it in a variety of different ways, but the basis of it is, is you take mama nature's herbs and you add um, hot water to them, allowing the water to cool to a temperature that suits you. And you allow some distance between you and the bowl or um, pots, like some people steam in bowls, glass bowls, pots, um, lots of different ways people you lots of different instruments should I say people used to steam um but yeah then you'd sit over it and you'd allow the steam to rise up into the vagina and do its cleansing work um so in terms of like doula work it's an, it's um something that is offered after the woman has had the baby in terms of healing um so it helps with bringing the uterus back down to size it also helps if a woman has had any cut or tear um, in the vaginal area and just really nice and soothing and relaxing um, mm. lots of spiritual um, meanings around um, or should I say symbolism around um, yoni steaming as well as well as like the herbs which is like how I support women with yoni steaming I like try and get them to connect with the herbs as well that they choose um, so that they have a more informed yoni steam experience so they, so you work with an individual around what their needs are and then what herbs would suit their needs? Is, is that yeah. how you do it? Oh. Yeah, that's how I do it. Or I 
So if someone approaches me and says, oh, I'm interested in yoni steaming, I would say, okay, would you like to look at the selection of herbs that I have? And then I share with them sort of like the medicinal sort of like means behind the herbs, um, as in like, you know, what sort of... um, what sort of areas around women's health it will support with um so for example i'm currently working with a woman at the moment who is trying to conceive but she um, is struggling in terms of um, regulating her period and stuff so then i would suggest a particular type of herbs or i would ask her if there is something more um spiritual i would say going on like if she's experienced any sort of trauma if there is there anything in particular that she feels drawn to in terms of the list of herbs that i might share with her so it's about balance really um Mm -hmm. i can suggest herbs but i also encourage women to um decide on her blends that they want as well yeah it reminds me of how people who um are into crystals will encourage you to yes you could know the principle of what a crystal is known yeah. for but there's a there's a part to play in what your intuition what is something's drawing you to something and to listen definitely. to that as well yeah definitely definitely and that's what I always say you know you know similar to the crystals um you know in terms of yoni steaming you know the herbs choose us more so than we choose them so you know what do you feel called to um yeah what do you feel called to choose in terms of your yonistine practice and you know that i think it just makes it individual to the um to everyone like it's not just oh yeah you've got this issue going on in terms of like say for example you know i suffer with endometriosis yeah go here's a blend that will sort of like cure that um because you know i always say to people you know we are our own healers as well you know i'm more than happy to provide the tools and offer advice and support but ultimately you know everything comes from within um so i really try and support women to sort of like own their power in terms of the only steaming um with whatever area of women's wellness that they're working on at time Mm, and I like how you mentioned uh, so there's a physical thing going on when you yoni steam it's like a ritual you're actually taking the time to care for your vulva vagina womb like that whole area that just sounds like such a nice way to bring presence Mm. and care to it physically and the benefits of doing that physically and steaming and cleansing but then for you, there's also your um, yeah, opening up a spiritual conversation around what are you holding in that area? Definitely. And, yeah. You know, I always say that, you know, our wounds are creative spaces, you know, not just life is created there. You know, we can manifest anything from our womb spaces. So, again, you know, bringing it back to women to say, OK, is there anything? even in terms of our chakras you know balancing our chakras I always link that in terms of yoni steaming as well and you know with the focus of like the root and the sacral chakra and you know what what is there anything that we are holding on to are there any traumatic experience that we've gone through in this lifetime or even past lifetimes that may be held there which is causing any blocks and how can we sort of like release and let go of that? So again, in terms of Yoni Steam, I use Yoni Steam probably more times than not to work on the spiritual, um, to support women to just release and let go and allow space um, for more creative energy to be held in their room spaces. Hmm. I like what you said about we can, we have the ability to manifest anything in our womb. That gave me a little shiver. You're always giving yeah. me goosebumps. <laughs> <Bless you. laughs> um, so, um, so we, as we're going into a bit more in spirituality, I, mm-hmm. I know some of the things that you've talked about on Instagram before that have really, really resonated with me was um, your journey in spirituality and how it's. Um, you separate it not so much about religion and setting rules, but it's a different thing for you. Mm-hmm. So do you want to share with us a little bit about where that comes from? Where's your spiritual background? And Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, I grew up in um, a home that was predominantly female. Um, so, you know, although my, my, my father was present, my mom had five sisters who I called the five witches yeah. so they will never 
aunties everywhere <laughs> yeah like literally and you know my mum's my side of the family not religious at all although my aunts were constantly sent to church on the on the on the Sunday school bus they never ever attended they were proper proper rebels um but they were more spiritual in terms of like what they practiced okay and um so as a child like you know I'd always hear stories like my family are just such storytellers and um my aunts would just tell me the most amazing stories growing up about sort of like sort of like things that they'd seen whether that was sort of like from the ghostly sort of realms and stuff and how to make magic and like there was just so many oh I've just I've just got an abundance of stories that they would share so as I grew up I heard a lot of that you know I grew went into my 20s sort of like put a pin in it didn't really explore um mm. spirituality in inverted commas if you want to call it that um as such you know I was just living and then as I started to end sort of like my late 20s early 30s I started to go back to a lot of the things that my um, mom and my aunts has taught um but even in all of that in terms of the spirituality I've still always loved religion although I've not never assigned to any particular re- religion I've always loved religion um so you know I'd have lots of sp- um religious texts in my home and you know I'd read and I'd draw from anything that resonated from with me and just you know again leave what didn't but I'd also try and bring it and link it to spirituality as well um and yeah I'd say that's informed a lot of my practice sort of like going forward and how I share like things that I do and you know I say to everybody you know these are just my beliefs it's not a one-size-fits-all sort of thing like it's all down to the individual and again bringing it back to the individual as well these are my beliefs but you know um what are yours sort of thing and I can support you with exploring some of um the things that I believe in but again ultimately we've all got our own beliefs and what we think um you know whether that is the divine or god or source what it actually means to us um but yeah i do spirituality like i just i just literally fluctuate i'm literally like a little butterfly i just you know something <laughs> <laughs> really resonates and i'm just like oh actually i think i might want to unpick that what does it really mean and so you know like i'm literally I'm constantly just fluttering around the world and the spiritual spaces I find myself in and the religious spaces as well. But yeah, I feel like I'm a a mishmash of many, 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 many different things and influences. Yeah, and it sounds just like to me that you, you just you're not confined by anything or you, you refuse to be confined because it's your own... I don't know, you just are coming across as having a real sense of ownership over yourself yeah, and your beliefs. And I, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important to share that as well. You know, it's easy, it's so easy to be boxed into, you know, I am this, I am that. And that's why, you know, even in work in terms of the word spirituality, I always meditate on that and reflect on it and think well, what's what is spirituality i don't even know what that is you know what what is it? <laughs> yeah what are we saying what? yeah <laughs> you know and i always say you know it just is you know i have a lot of people that contact me who are come from more like religious backgrounds so anything that's seen in regards to like and um, witchcraft or again spirituality you know it's totally out of their comfort zones and they're just like oh you know is it okay to light a candle? You know, is it okay to buy crystals? I'm like, you know, I I cannot tell you what it is that you feel comfortable with. You have to do whatever feels comfortable to you, but this is how I practice. But I'm not saying that my practice is the only practice. Like you will find your own ways along the way. It is definitely not a one size fits all. So, you know, I just think it's important that people who are on their journeys in life don't feel the need to assign themselves to any particular thing like we can we you know we are multifaceted we are a mixture of lots of things and I think it's important that we're able to um draw on all of those influences unapologetically as well and just say you know what maybe I'm not just that maybe I'm this as well and that as well and not feel any particular way about it yeah Yeah. I love that I love it unapologetically as well. Yes. <laughs> because I think, yeah, you quite, you're empowering when you listen to you, definitely. It's this sense of, well, yeah, if you're, if that's how you are and you want to do a bit of this and a bit of that, what, why would you be, why would you be apologetic about it? You're following no. your path, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And definitely. I think there's a lot of messages around 
um oh you know like I don't know as if as if the the way we approach things like that with fluidity would be a bad way to approach something and Mm -hmm. you know as I'm getting older I'm really realizing that even that in itself is quite a um it's it's almost like maybe fitting into a patriarchal structure or yeah there's a set way there's a right there's a wrong there's a um there's a structure and we have to follow it and actually definitely yeah the more I work with women and explore the way that we operate in our cycles in our Mm -hmm. in our period or in our lifetime Mm -hmm. is like we're different every day and that's actually natural Mm -hmm. and it's okay as well isn't it it's just it's absolutely okay absolutely that's how we are that's actually how we are so it's completely natural that we move around and we're fluid and different times of the month we feel different things or different times in our lives and that's how we're clearly designed to be there's no Mm -hmm. there's no shame in that at all it should be celebrated i totally agree totally Mm. agree. but yeah definitely um Fab. So yeah, we've talked a bit about your yoni steaming and pampered pussy, which is oh. uh, where you can find your steams and have a chat with you. Yeah, um, and going back to sorry, sorry going back yeah. to the pampered pussy as well. Like the idea is that you know the pampered pussy started off as just a slogan um, that I was using, and I just thought, you know what, actually, you know, I'm seeing like the rise in this you know, pampering ourselves in other areas of our life. You know, we have lashes, we have our eyebrows done, you know, our hair's always done, our nails and stuff. But, you know, you know, we go for massages and all those sorts of things. And I know a lot of us are not very good at, like, in terms of taking that time out for self-care. But, you know, again, our vaginas was an area that I just felt like women, we're just not connected to our vaginas at all and men you know men are quite um as i said i'm a mother of three boys so i know how proud they are of their penises and you know (laughs) it's literally like you know why why do i not hold that same sort of like power that they have and it's just like no this is just so not fair um so you know again I just feel it's important for women to just pamper every part of their body. And because, again, like in terms of like our vaginals, vagina health and, you know, pussies and all of the names that we have for our vaginas, it is important that we're able to just pamper and just have that time to just connect and just think, oh, actually, this does feel quite nice and sensual and, you know, refreshing and cleansing. You know, we need to do more of that. Um, it, I just, you know, I'm just, it's just an area that I was just passionate about that it was a part of the female body that I just think lacked love for whatever reason. As you said, going back to patriarchy, you know, most definitely that would probably be the starting point, but it just lacked a lot of love. So, you know, I just wanted to support women with just connecting and offering that space love. It's not just a place that we are you know intimate and even in terms of our intimacy you know what is the real connection there um you know yeah not just a home to just pass life through in terms of giving birth you know what else can be found in that space so yeah the pampered Mm. pussy yeah i can't i can't advocate enough for women to just pamper their pusses and do their thing (laughs) yes i love this so much yeah and i think what strikes me is the examples you gave like we get our lashes done our hair Mm -hmm. done we get a massage and all these things they're quite an external focus so things that you can maybe see on the outside Mm -hmm. which is probably again how women have been encouraged to be like to present externally in a certain way and it feels like the shift towards our pussies is being it's a journey inwards definitely without a doubt and I cannot I think you put that perfectly as well because it literally is a journey inwards and I think that is where some of the fear is like it's a space of it's like unknown isn't it it's like what is beyond that whole like what 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 is what is beyond there (laughs) oh like literally um so you know it is it's just so important you know now mother I've got um a daughter and the baby so you know I just I really want I feel like part of my journey has been about it's it has actually been about getting ready to receive the daughter that I felt like I maybe wasn't as of deserving as because I had the boys and you know it was quite 
masculine in terms of like my energy and having to be really strong and all of this mm. sort of stuff and you know the, in terms of my birth work journey my Yonistine journey and just being able to hear a lot of the stories of women I really had to shed and just unpick a lot of the things and feelings and ideas that I had and it just brought me to a place that was a bit more gentle a lot more softer and just thought wow like women we are very vulnerable but we're always being made to compete with men and be as strong as them but maybe that's not a part of our nature maybe we do just have to be more gentle with ourselves um so I think that's also been a part of my journey which has also led to you know in terms of connecting with our vaginas and that um sacred space Mm, I know exactly what you mean I think there might be something Mm. correlating with our physical the physicality of our vagina and maybe how you operate in the world. Yeah. So, definitely. yeah, I, I get a sense that, you know, when you, your vagina's at her best when she's quite soft, she's open, she's released tension, she's receptive. And it's like, those are the qualities really, I'd say, when it comes down to the fundamentals of w- what we what we say is masculine or feminine, I think it actually comes down to our genitals. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a sense in which if we've not been able to open and activate those qualities Mm -hmm. within us, I think our vagina also reflects that tension. Definitely, without a doubt. And, you know, again, I'm working with um, someone who is connecting with her vagina again. You know, like it was the full moon. Was it the full moon, the last one? Yeah, I think it was the full moon. And, you know, I just said to her, you know what? Just get busy with your partner, but don't focus so much on what it is that you're wanting to achieve. Just release and just let go and just indulge and have fun. Because I think mm. even in terms of intimacy, sometimes it's very goal orientated. And I just think, it, which is the end goal, which for example, for a woman, maybe to orgasm or for the man to just come and just release and do his thing. But, you know, I just, yeah. I just my advice to her was just, just enjoy the moment. Don't think about an end goal. Just enjoy that moment and just connect with your space your sacred space your vagina and just just feel into that sort of energy um so yeah I'm due to check in with her this week to see how she got on but that's what I advise I'm just like just connect just connect but yeah it is going back to what you were saying we just need to be doing more of that I would say as women yeah and it's what's unfortunately happened I think is in the in the response of us trying to get an equal footing in society, of course, mm-hmm. like you say, we, we, and for good reason, there's been a lot of hustling and trying hard and yep. trying to show that we're capable as men and, and these things have happened. And it's just making sure that, and I'm all for, you know, everything that women want to do and want to achieve. Yeah. Um, but it's just making, it's just checking in that, that softer receptive, especially in sex, like, having the ability to just be in the moment without a goal, yeah, which definitely. we've definitely been trained to think like is mm-hmm. um, it's like, it's almost countercultural, isn't it? Yeah, it to, definitely is. To just be like, let's just chill and let's just enjoy yeah. our bodies and our yeah. sensuality without mm-hmm. anything else intended. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's about us. Um, I would use the word teach. I'm not sure if that's the word. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word that I wanted to, um, that's the word I'm looking for. But, you know, also teaching our men that, you know, it doesn't have to be goal orientated, you know, getting our men involved in um, feeling what the vagina looks like, looking at it, tasting it, smelling it, all of that sort of stuff, like really yeah. getting them involved. Like what, <laughs> what actually does this space look like? What is it? You know, um, because, you know, okay, you know, we get all... I just think, yeah, I, I, I think we need to do a lot of work in that area. <laughs> both, both sexes, both male and female, but we start, it always starts and ends with us, I think. Um, but yeah, men also need to just learn to just love and honour the space just as much as I'm trying to support women to um, love and honour that space too. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's um, mm. it's the quality of receptivity that we yeah. both need in order to make, um, to create an experience 
sensually and sexually that is a two-way exchange Mm -hmm. isn't it so you're asking the man to be receptive to your Mm -hmm. pussy and what are they seeing tasting smelling feeling they've got to receive that information in order to then um to then give in a way that they want to and and we need to be able to do the same but the the reality is you know if you can't even feel your own pussy um Mm -hmm. you you're really far away from that point like definitely definitely. i would say i was very disconnected from my vagina and actually my husband was able to explain to me how i felt internally Mm -hmm. and how it reflected how i was feeling emotionally yeah before i could eat i even understood that so he was a lot more how um, amazing is that yeah how amazing is that He's quite intuitive, maybe, in that way. And, and he had to, he almost had to introduce me to my vagina. In so, that I love it. Absolutely love it. I love it. He needs to be teaching men. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> should. Because <laughs> he, he just knows it without having been taught. Yeah, He's I a love it. Absolutely natural love it. In, intuit in that sense. Um, but it had to be one of us, otherwise, it'd be a bloody disaster. <laughs> Oh, gosh but no that that is it's it's such a pleasure to hear because there are men out there that are just like that but we just need more of them so it is it's so nice to hear that you've had that experience and that you know your husband supports that part of your journey and he can teach you and I, I say and I've said it many times like my husband has also been my healer in terms mm. of me connecting with my sacred vagina and that space as well and I get him very much involved so you know it is it's lovely to hear that that has been you know part of your journey and your experience too mm, yeah well I mean I was quite resistant I felt quite offended at first I think mm. so <laughs> you know all you want to be told is that your pussy's like bloody yeah. perfect and then to be like well actually you know sometimes there's resistance sometimes yeah. there's tension yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. you're actually pulling away and like yeah. these are subconscious mm. things that I didn't know was going on yes. so yeah yes. it takes it love does it. take someone to connect absolutely so. love that yeah <laughs> Yeah, I was a bit like, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. But I do, I really, you share a lot about sex and I really connect with Mm -hmm. a lot of what you say around intimacy. Mm -hmm. I think it's not talked about. And I don't think we, um, I I, I think, I feel like I've grown up just clueless, basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's amazing that you do that. Um, Mm -hmm. So on on another thing I wanted to mention that I had seen um, you talk about on your Instagram, was this journey on abortion and Mm -hmm. supporting women as an abortion doula. So not just focusing this sort of energetic support around birth, but actually that this energetic and uh, support is necessary for termination. And I wanted to just hear a little bit more about what what does that look like and um, why you do it? Mm-hmm. so abortion is something that I've held very close to my heart for a long time I thought in terms of support I'm going to use that word um support for women who choose to abort has not always been this way I've you know I've, I've like when I was in my teens I was very very pro-life no you know every child has a right to live um and I experienced, not in my own experience, I experienced supporting someone um, going for an abortion when I was approximately about 18 years old. Um, and as I said, that was my standpoint at that time. You know, you know, every life has, um, should be supported to live um, in any way possible. Um, but, you know, as time's gone by, my energy has shifted. I saw a lot of, of my female friends um become pregnant and decide that they didn't want to continue their pregnancies and I think just observing um some of the experiences that um I've seen some of my girlfriends go through um it just allowed me again to sort of like reflect and meditate on things um have I had an abortion before yes and I had I'd never thought that that would be me I thought no all my children are going to be planned and I will you know they will be birthed all of them um but you know I did find myself in a situation where I thought you know what maybe this is not what I want. And again, I came to that decision quite 
fast and you know it was something that I'd discussed with my husband and it was even something so I've got an older son who is now 23 I discussed it with him I discussed it with my brothers I was very very open about it and the reason why I was so open about it is because I think um, in terms of being a mother um, I am my ch children's first teacher and I didn't want my son to um, have a particular view on women who decided to have abortions because I thought well you know he's going to learn all these sorts of things from home so I will share with him that this is a situation that I'm in and I'm choosing not to continue the pregnancy but these are my reasons and I don't want you to look in the future if you have um, a female friend or family member or even your own girlfriend that decides that that's not what she wants to do in terms of pregnancy um, I don't want you to look at her in a particular way because everyone has their reasons um, so that was the decision that I made um, I don't have any regrets about it I feel like that was part of my life's journey um, but from having that experience myself it just made me really passionate about wanting to support women um, because it's one of those sort of topics that sometimes I feel like it's whispered about like people just do not look for whatever reason they don't like the word abortion and mm. I just think these things are happening you know as I said I work with children and young people I work with young adults again these things are happening so we need to be able to have these conversations quite openly and confidently as well without people feeling like there's any sort of stigma around that sort of conversation because this is why women feel shamed as well in terms of you know their their right to have abortions and stuff um so you know i have women again going back to the only steaming who once i'd put it out there that this is what i support with i had quite a few women get in touch and say you know what i've had an abortion i want to come and have a yoni steam just to cleanse that space because for me my thing has always been regardless as to whether or not that baby um, is born into this world, it's still a life and a woman has still connected with that and she should honour it in any way that she feels to honour it. And if she feels to honour it by coming for a own esteem and working on healing her womb and praying over herself or um, sharing some affirmations that she feels will help empower her with shifting some of that energy, I am more than happy to support with facilitating that whole um, experience for her. So, you know, in regards to supporting women who choose to um, have abortions, you know, it can look in a variety of ways. Sometimes I'm just there to just talk to. Mm. Sometimes it's me with my bag of magic herbs. Mm. Um, sometimes, <laughs> I want to see you this. Know, <laughs> sometimes it's just, you know, I just it, it can just be so many, done in so many different ways. But I think ultimately it is women just want that space to just be able to talk about what has happened without fear of judgment and without anyone looking at them in any particular way and without, with them being able to honour that pregnancy regardless because in the future they may feel that they're in a better space and you know I feel like again going back to ideas around abortion a lot of people think that abortion is about recklessness and that is not it at all like people have abortions for so many different reasons there's medical reasons whether that's for the baby or for the mother as to why women have abortions some people are in horrible situations in terms of relationships or state of mind like there's so many reasons reasons as to why women choose to have abortions and again abortion very very political um sphere to be in um and it's such a shame but my thing is i would support any woman that chooses to have an abortion um and again if she wanted to you only see after that she's more than welcome to if she just wanted someone to talk to again i'm just happy to hold space for that woman um but yeah yeah, very I, uncomfortable area to talk about even in 2020 it's um, it's crazy I don't get it I really don't I, and I understand right. people I understand people's views but I just think well, again the, going back to women having to mm. perceive themselves as being strong and you know ready to face the world like we are human we have feelings we have emotions and I just think we just need to be more gentler with each other without shaming um women for choosing that this just wasn't the right time for them yeah 
I know I love I love everything you said and it's um what strikes me is what you said about the silence the not talking about Mm -hmm. it in in that silence the shame is being um implied and reinforced definitely Um, and and the reality is whatever like regardless of your decision um you will still have feelings about it that must be expressed you know otherwise they're they're repressed so those feelings haven't they're not gone away just because you're silent they're Mm -hmm. now they're now just brewing somewhere inside you definitely without a doubt definitely and you know I'm more I always try and um you know in terms of my practice uh, again I'll totally like holistically looking at all areas so when women um do approach me and say that they've got um a particular women's wellness issue that is centered around the vagina and the womb I do ask some uncomfortable questions about you know any of their life's experiences because you know I'm a firm believer that just again going back to what you're saying in terms of suppressing like a lot of the energy is suppressed in this space because they've never been able to just release it and allow it to let go or to move through it and just see where it brought them sort of thing um and yeah, I, I believe that, you know, my belief is that a lot of our women's wellness issues are centered around suppressed emotions. So how can we shift some of that energy? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I really love that. And I, I agree with you, I think. So in my practice, you know, teaching yoga for women, it's very um, pelvic bowl orientated. Mm. And we do a lot of meditation mm. around yeah. our yoni, around mm. our womb. Mm-hmm. And and even just lying down and having your hands placed yep. on the top of your womb space mm-hmm. can in itself be a radical act of definitely connection and emotional release. And yeah. you know, that that's just how much we um we are avoiding coming definitely. to this space because I agree with you. I think actually mm-hmm. it's in this space that we we hold our grief. Mm-hmm. Mm. totally agree totally agree and it's about unpicking some of like the um patriarchal terms as well that have been labeled around our bodies um i remember we did um a um retreat last year we um delivered a retreat and i did a um womb meditation then and there was a lady who was from like the medical background and she had said that you know oh my gosh I can't believe I'm using the word vagina and womb because I'm just so used to calling it the uterus like it's just I've just never ever referred to it as anything else and I'm just like wow so again it's about you know when picking the language you know uh, you know which is why I use the word pussy a lot you know like it's about unpicking that what does that mean you know why why are we just calling it like the uterus why are we adding all these names that don't feel comfortable to us you know we can call it whatever we feel like whatever's comfortable you know we can call it whatever we feel like so yeah you know so again going back to women owning their power you know I'm not I mean I don't know where the root word of the uterus came from but you know if if it did come from sort of like a um a masculine um if, if there are some masculine sort of like origins as to where it's originated from you know yeah we need to we need to name that for ourselves what do we feel comfortable with is what I think so yeah yeah the language is yeah I agree it is significant Mm. and I I definitely pussy is definitely one of my favorites there's just something about it I think (laughs) the way it sounds on your tongue like pussy it's like soft and also like wet like it's just so good (laughs) but also playful like it's got a lot going for it pussy (laughs) Mm, it really has I do agree Um, all right, then. I think the only last thing that I did want to touch on was you've talked about your children. You've got three mm-hmm. boys and one girl. And mm-hmm. I understand that you've, um, these were through, you've had these children through different stages in womanhood. The age gap's quite big, isn't it? There is, yeah. Yeah. I've got so, a 10 year uh, age gap, a three year age gap, and a 10 year age gap. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely different phases, stages. 
yeah yeah so I just if you had any reflections for you what did it feel like mm-hmm. how old are you with your first and then how old are you with your the your little girl you the just last. had yeah so my first son I had when I was 18 mm-hmm. so I was a teen parent and that came with its challenges and all the stigma attached to what it meant to be a teen parent again looking at recklessness you teen parents are depleting money from our you know out of our benefit system and all of that sort of stuff you know and I just hated every moment of it I was such a conscious um teen mom like feeling like people looking at me and looking down at me and stuff but I totally enjoyed motherhood um but I think because of that experience I just didn't want to go through that again so and because like the relationship with my son's dad as well again we were young we were young teens just exploring Mm. and oh no you're pregnant um so you know uh, although we have a really good relationship now it just you know you you know you're young and you just go for all these challenges in life but that definitely left an imprint on me and I just thought I'm not having any more children until I have found the one if the one exists Mm. um so I did I waited and I waited 10 years and although like my husband and I we um had been friends for a very very long time and had been in relationship before and separated and in out in out you know when I came to my late 20s I thought you know what um yeah I'm ready now um so that left a 10-year gap so then I had my second son when I was 28 and then um I had another surprise pregnancy when um I was 30 31 I think I was um Mm. yeah so I had my third son then um and then I had my daughter 10 years after that so she is the newest of the bunch um but yeah (laughs) definitely feels different in so many different phases as I said I've gone for I went from being um a quite shy um withdrawn teen mom to being um where I am now which is quite confident and you know um quite out there more how would I describe it definitely with age definitely has come wisdom with it all Mm. but just just feel more calm yeah just the confidence my confidence levels are definitely totally up there and this time around definitely comes with challenges because you know we're living in a different world now to where it was before and I'm more consciously aware of things um but it just feels different and I think because it's a girl as well it's just yeah it's a new Um, experience it's definitely a new experience but I've loved every um experience I've had with my children I'm happy that I had like the 10-year gap I had fun I lived I you know traveled I did all sorts of things um, with my first 10 years of um, motherhood and then you know settling um as I got to my late 20s as I said and you know settling some more in my early 30s and now here again in my 40s I just feel content there's a there's a level of contentment that I didn't have the first time round and a level of knowing as well that I didn't have the first time round and in the middle as well um but yeah and I think that's why you know my own experience with teen motherhood um I have a lot of um passion and a lot of empathy towards seeing young teen parents which again probably another reason why I ended up working in the field of work that I work in in terms of like young adults and stuff because you know I understand a lot of their challenges because I've been them I've been exactly them so you know um, definitely all the experiences that I've gone through in terms of motherhood have left an imprint which I think definitely given me um given me some life experience that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise um but yeah enjoying every moment of it enjoying every moment (laughs) oh there she goes I just heard her she's like hey I'm still here (laughs) (laughs) she's half asleep oh she just woke up (laughs) yeah um although that's lovely I feel like you've had such a unique experience in that that you you've um you've been through a teenager and in your 20s and your 30s and in your 40s it's quite amazing actually I've been birthing for like nearly over 20 years (laughs) (laughs) over 
20 years. And, you know, like being an older mom as well, you know, even in terms of like the medical side of things, you know, you've deemed, I think he's over the age of 35 as being like an older parent. So, you know, my whole experience in pregnancy this time round um, has been different to my previous pregnancies as well. Um, a lot, quite scary, um, but I suppose... I'm quite lucky to be part of like the doula network and to have some knowledge and experience of what birthing looks like. And, you know, I think that gave me some ease. Um, so I was able, I felt comfortable with challenging some of the narratives that were being sort of like pointed in my direction in terms of what birth would look like for me. Um, but yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, I just think, you know, again you know all these roles in terms of like the doula in the birth worker role are just so much needed because you know women are just not aware of some of their rights um you know women are left very um disempowered in terms of birth um so i think you know these these roles these discussions just need to be had um and again it's all centered around our room spaces so you know it's important that women have positive experiences of birth you know it can't always happen but where possible you know that they're able to have positive experiences with birth and if they if for any reason you know they haven't had a positive experience again instead of that energy being trapped in their womb space and not being able to go anywhere, you know, how can we support women with um, moving some of that? So again, bringing it back to Yoni Steaming, that's how I use Yoni Steaming as a tool to support women to do some of that work. Yeah, because I think no matter what you've gone through, um, and no matter your birth, actually, you've gone through something. Do you, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's actually, there's Definitely. not, I, I sometimes I feel like there's a separation between a bad birth or a good birth, for instance. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, no matter what, it's an enormous thing to really have is. gone through. Um, yeah. And there's a point where, you know, it needs to be acknowledged and released maybe before, before we move on. And I, I, yeah. I do know postpartum women who've said it, it does feel like um, an energetic release is required, mm-hmm. no, no matter yeah. how you give birth. So. Definitely, mm. definitely. Okay, well, I'm going to kind of pull it all together now because um, we have had the most amazing conversation. And I know, and I time just flies, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, <laughs> I know. We're lucky, we love talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so what, how can people, oh, listen to her, oh, no. she's so cute. She's just purring in her sleep. She's <laughs> she? she just gargling away like, <laughs> Um, where can people find you for all of the amazing services you've talked about? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Atlantic Rain, which is my Instagram page. Um, I do have an Atlantic Rain Facebook um, profile as well, but I'm not very active on that. But people can still connect with me on Facebook as well. Um, I do have a Twitter. Um, again, Atlantic Rain. Um, <laughs> that's all people need to um, type in Atlantic Rain. Um, and in regards to my website, um, I also have an Atlantic Rain dot com website as well as my pampered pussy um pussy is spelled p-u-s-s-i um dot com website as well um but yeah people can find me on instagram as i've said facebook twitter and um, via my websites um great yeah. and that's whether to get involved with some yoni steaming or yeah. to talk with you around any of the topics we discussed sexual intimacy abortion yeah. Mm-hmm. and birth all of these things yeah yeah absolutely great you are just a haven of women's wellness and wisdom thank you so much for chatting no, with you're me welcome. this morning and um we will let's catch up soon yep definitely okay take care thank you thank you Bye-bye. bye bye